Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Get ready for success. Leadership Strategies for Women is a show dedicated to providing practical and valuable strategies for emerging women leaders of today. It's your time to get inspired, motivated, and challenged to achieve your vision for success. And now, here's leadership speaker and coach, Ellie Nieves. Hello. This is the Leadership Strategies for Women podcast, and I'm your host, Ellie Nieves. I'm the founder and president of Leadership Strategies for Women, where I develop seminars and webinars to help high-achieving women show up, speak up, and step up in their careers. To learn more, please visit my website at leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com. You can also follow the Leadership Strategies for Women page on Facebook. Our guest is Amy Bottoms. Amy is principal at the executive search firm Catalyst Advisors. She has some 25 years of executive search experience and she recruits and advises board members, CEOs, and senior functional, clinical, and business leaders for biopharmaceutical and life sciences companies. Amy, welcome to the Leadership Strategies for Women podcast. Thanks, Ellie, for having me. I'm delighted to be here with you. Amy, I'm looking forward to hearing more about you. So please share a little bit about your background. Sure. So I have always been a, a very curious person who loves finding information and being around people. And so that led to my pursuit of a master's degree in library and information science from the University of Washington. And I really found that I enjoyed researching complex problems, digging into data, organizing data, and then I leveraged this experience into a career in the last 25 years in executive recruiting. And my work today at Catalyst Advisors focuses on recruiting biopharmaceutical leaders. And as you know, the biopharmaceutical industry, especially in this time of COVID, is a, is a very innovative and creative space with a very high demand for talent. And so I've, I'm very passionate about advising companies, building leadership teams, and recruiting executives to solve business problems so that my clients can continue to create innovations to save lives. So when and why did you enter the executive search industry? So I learned about executive recruitment when I moved to Los Angeles from my hometown in Seattle. 
and LA was a much larger employment market than Seattle and executive search was a was a thriving business in the region and so I joined a large global executive search firm and I started as a researcher and I broke down organizational structures discovering who led divisions and and learning who really were great leaders in in different sectors and since I was in LA I initially recruited media and entertainment executives but I had the opportunity to shift to life sciences recruiting 15 years ago, and I jumped at the chance to learn a new sector and a new industry. And, uh, and so it's been really an ideal niche for me. So it combines my love of researching information and solving problems. And I do this today through building relationships, assessing talent, organizing data, and really understanding companies and organizations to bring great people together. Wonderful. And what are some of the challenges that you faced as you were striving to attain your personal career goals? So I think my biggest challenge is, is really a fairly universal one that a lot of people, particularly women, face, which is how to balance family with rising in my own career. It's, I've got three kids, and when they were younger, I, it was hard to focus on growing and advancing my career balancing the need to travel and advise my clients while being a committed parent. So I had to learn how to wear multiple hats to juggle both professional and personal priorities um, in, and which ones, you know, really had to lapse one day and, and others priorities had to take attention. So I think every woman wants to have it all, but deep down we know that something must suffer. So, you know, how do you handle that? What can slide? What can't? That was a big challenge. There's no manual for that. Um, so everybody kind of has to find their own path and what works for them. As you were finding that path that so many of us do have to discover for ourselves, did you land or discover any leadership strategies that helped you get ahead? Yeah, so there were two leadership strategies um, that I've worked on across my career that have been really helpful. So the first is building alliances. So I have worked remotely for the bulk of my professional career. Uh, so over 18 years, I've, I've worked in an offsite location from the main corporate headquarters. And so I've had to really proactively build relationships inside of my company, working across multiple teams and geographies and time zones. And as you may know, recruiting is a very team-based business. And so it was essential that I build rapport with peers and partners and assistants uh, and it's a global business. So um, many of my colleagues, I rarely, if ever, met in person. And so I developed a relationship as, uh, and a reputation as, as someone that people like to work with. And I did that by reaching out on a daily basis or a weekly basis with colleagues, with team members. If I learned an important detail from a client or a candidate, I'd just pick up the phone and I'd share the information. I'd, I'd take the time to to really build those um, strong and deep relationships with people, um, to help them out on projects. And, and I also created an opportunities throughout my career to take a leadership role in improving collaboration and peer connections. So when I joined Catalyst Advisors, there was no established peer network, but we had a lot to learn from each other. So I created ways for us to work collaboratively, set up monthly calls. Um, and I think now we're a stronger group because of that. And, and you get noticed for these building alliance behaviors. And so people then think of you for the next project and people wanna work with you. 
and and the second thing that's that I've really um, taken to heart is is taking risks and reinventing yourself. So, I was comfortable several times in my career. So I moved from doing entertainment recruiting to life sciences. They're two very different sectors. It's a huge leap and a learning curve. Uh, my prior firm I was at for 17 years. Uh, and I could have stayed there. I was very comfortable, knew all the people I worked with, but it was important for me really to step out and see life from a different perspective. And that's, I believe, how you really grow professionally. It's really painful to do, uh, but that's how you know through that pain that it's working, that you're growing. Um, and I think it's also taking those risks, it changes not only other people's perception of yourself, but your own perception of, of what you are and who you are. It's easy to be put in a box um, when you're at one place. And so um, changing that perception of what it's possible for you to achieve with your career, you only get there through risks. And uh, I believe somebody, I can't remember who it was, said once that they see their career as a series of five-year adventures which I've always thought is a really great attitude to keep in mind as you kind of plot your forward career movement. So we all know that women are underrepresented at the highest levels in American businesses, but this is starting to change. Can you tell us what's different? Yeah, it's a great question and something that I'm really excited to see. And I think there's been a couple really important changes. So the first is legislation. Uh, so California was the first state uh, to mandate that uh, companies that were headquartered in California by the end of 2019 had to have one female um, director on their board if they were public. And other states have followed with um, similar legislation that's been introduced, Massachusetts, New Jersey, Illinois, and, and it's a start. It's, it's a way um, for companies to really reflect and hear that diversity is important and meaningful to customers and employees, but we're not gonna get there just through legislation alone. Um, a, another important piece is that women themselves are speaking up. So when I'm recruiting women for companies, if there's not a diverse leadership or board, they ask me about it. They wonder what that means for them as an executive joining that company, will they be welcomed? Is diversity of thought encouraged at the company if they aren't seeing it reflected in the senior leadership team? So it's become more for candidates um, and for companies as well. And I think one of the biggest changes that we're just starting to see now is investors and finance groups are paying attention. So Goldman Sachs, I applaud them for this as of July 1st this year, they will no longer take a company public in the United States or in Europe unless there's one diverse board member. So they define diversity as experience, gender, race, ethnicity, sexual orientation. And, and they really have seen that uh, diversity on boards reduces groupthink. There's richer conversations and dialogue for the companies. And, and data is backing that up. People are paying attention. So multiple studies have shown that corporations with female directors are more profitable. Um, Goldman themselves have noticed that the IPOs over the last four years, those companies that have had a woman on the board, they perform significantly better than those that don't. And so I think a lot of these changes are really um, important changes. And I think they're really going to start, I hope, moving the needle um, for companies really, um, really asking and demanding diversity. 
Now, Amy, you've had a tremendous record. In the last year, 60% of the candidates that you've placed in top roles have been women. To what do you attribute your success? So as a woman and a recruiter, my network is very different. Uh, my first go-to calls when I start a project are typically women. So I connect with women, we have shared experiences, it's just a different conversation at a, at a bit of a different level than when um, I, I talk to other people. And, and I will also say women are terrific at encouraging um, and referring other women. So I think there's a really um, a strong attitude for women helping other women, um, which is terrific. I, um, I invest a lot of time in conversations with women, helping them position themselves for their next career steps, how to get on boards. And uh, so those, I have great relationships with a lot of people and, and those have been really meaningful. So I, and I bring a different lens to those conversations than my, than my other fellow recruiters. And I think also importantly, when I begin developing a partnership with a client, I advise on what's happening in the space and the value of diversity. So I, I share with them how it enhances the bottom line. And, and it's not necessarily as much about diversity, but asking them, are you willing to look outside of the box? Will you test the edges? If I found you a really super smart leader, who's ready for the next step in their career, but they may not have done it before, would you consider them? And, and so a lot of my recruitments because of that are, are first time, whether it's a first time public company director, whether it's a first time chief medical officer. And, and, and so I look for those people that are ready to make the next leap um, as well as experienced people. And so it's, it's really about asking questions of leadership teams about what problem you're looking to solve and most times um, that diversity of, of experiences and thought and backgrounds um, is the right solution today to help them solve their problems. What advice would you give to an emerging woman leader who wants to climb up the executive ranks? So two pieces of advice that I always give when speaking with women, the first is, is build your presence and your brand. And so I was in the entertainment recruiting industry and one of my early mentors uh, had a great career. Um, he was a very successful film executive before going into executive recruiting and he excelled at building his own brand. And this was before social media, people were really um, looked to him and he created a, a powerful image of who he was in recruiting by cultivating his Rolodex. And his advice to me was be seen as an expert. So doesn't do you any good to be locked in an office. You have to get out there. You have to be a speaker. You have to moderate a panel, um, join a not-for-profit board, but find ways to be visible in your career. And, and second, own your expertise. So as you rise in the ranks, recognize that you've built skills and you bring capabilities that are really unique to you. And, and then you have to be confident in those skills. So um, earlier this year, I was at a, a very large industry conference, um, the JP Morgan Conference for Biotech, and I was attending a lunch for executive women in biotech, and we were talking about how you get on your first board. And a woman there shared um, that she had been called about a prestigious national not-for-profit board, and they asked her to be on the board. And her first reaction was, me? You really, you really want me to be on your board and, and I'm not qualified. And, 
But as she thought about it, she really realized that she was a, a successful business owner. She had her own marketing firm. She had extensive contacts in the oncology space and a track record of success of, of working in, in great companies. And so she did have a lot to offer. And I think sometimes as women, we discount our own experiences, but we really have to own them. And, and tied into that is building um, your executive presence by sharing your expertise. So you have to speak up in, in meetings, you have to ask questions and realize and remember again, that you have experience that gives you knowledge insights and opinions, and you can't be afraid to share that with others. I mean, what are some of your personal goals and aspirations? So what's important to me as a leader is to continue to work with biopharma companies to optimize teams through diversity. Uh, so there's so much talent out there uh, to make teams more robust. And so instead of 60% of women, um, as my successful recruitments, my goal is to raise that higher and really help to continue to build strong companies through diversity of thought um, and diversity of leadership. Uh, I also want to continue bringing new thinking to my firm as an advisor, so share best practices from other companies and industries um, and ensure that we remain innovative and uh, thought-provoking in the marketplace when it comes to recruiting talent and share those learnings with our clients, especially in this new reality we're all learning now about how to hire virtually, um, how, to, how to really recruit in this new time. Um, so make sure that we're kind of forward thinking about that. And then um, personally, I just can't wait to get back out and travel. I'm doing a lot of work with Chinese-based biopharmaceutical companies, helping them build their leadership teams in the U.S. as they look to be global companies. And But I haven't been to China. So I would love to take a trip and go to Shanghai and, and really see the innovation for myself going on there. Fabulous. And what's next for you personally? Again, I think it's, it's just being on the road. I miss seeing people in person. Um, I miss connecting with uh, clients and candidates and uh, making connections with people as I know we all do. So looking forward to uh, being able to get back out on planes and, and go visit people again. How can our listeners and viewers get in touch with you? So you can always connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can visit Catalyst Advisors www.catalystadvisorslp.com. And I really enjoy connecting with people and I'm always happy to engage in a conversation. Amy, thank you so much for taking the time to educate our listeners and our viewers about how women can rise through the executive ranks. You've really given us a lot to think about. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Ellie. And to all of our listeners and viewers, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, God bless. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.